I mean, it's one thing to have a demon, but an unclean demon. And he's in church. And he cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? This demon knew who Jesus was. And before this day is out, he's going to know who you are. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? Yes. I know who you are. You better know who we are. You're the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in the mist, he came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves saying, what a word this is. For with authority, and the Greek word for this is exousia, E-X-O-U-S-I-A, and power, and the Greek word there is dunamis. So Jesus, they recognize the authority and the power that Jesus had. And he commands unspirit, uh, unclean spirits and they come out. And the report about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. Lord, I just thank you. You use this vessel here. You speak through my spirit that we can convey and transmit to people in this room some benefits and privileges maybe they have not tapped into yet. That they can be successful in any time of their life. That they will always be the head and not the tail. They will always be blessed. But they, most of all, they'll learn how to fight the good fight of faith. Yeah. That, you know what, what I struggle with? People that don't know how to fight. I'm not talking natural. I'm talking about in the spirit. I like people that know how to fight. They don't cower down. They don't back up. They don't get all emotional and get all shook up and uh, give the enemy all this uh, uh, access into their life. When something hits them hard, they stand up. They go to the word and then they start to fight the good fight of faith. The fight of faith is to, is to punch things that are coming against you that are not right. Things that resist the word of God. You need to learn how to stand up and, and take your place and receive your privileges and your rights and don't let the enemy have any place in your life. His word, the word of God. When I see Jesus, I'm thinking the living word of God. I make it personal. Jesus is not here today in a way that we can see him. But when I read the word of God, I'm reading the living word of God. And so the same life that Jesus gave his disciples and those that he ministered to, I can read the word of God. And that same living word of God is giving me life, giving me direction, empowering me. So the word of his integrity was his authority. To operate in authority, we must first know the meaning of authority. Authority provides the fullness of the plans, the counsel, the benefits, and the blessings of God. I told the Bible school this story. You'll probably hear it again somewhere down the road. But uh, picture you being at a resort on the beach. And at this resort, of course, there's the baby pool. You know, it's about six inches no steps, you just get in. And of course, you can't drown in there if you tried. You know, I couldn't anyway. 
And, if, and then there's the adult pool that you go down the steps. It's about two foot, three foot, four foot, five foot at the most. So you're about right here. And uh, I find most Christians, not so much this church, but most Christians just hang out in the baby pool or the adult pool right there at the resort when the whole ocean is there. Teeming with life, the beauty of the beach. I mean, you can go on a cruise, you can go fishing, you can go surfing, you can go snorkeling, you can do all of these things, but most people just hang around the pool. Tell your neighbor there's more. Uh, most people are just hanging around the kiddie pool, spiritually speaking, and never ever really tapping into the deep things of God and what he has for us. Are you here? So we see, uh, here's some figures, some symbols, some point of contact about uh, authority or places of authority. And you know this, government, judge, a judge, police, a boss, a military person, his status, uh, a father has a place of authority. These positions or platforms of influence have rulership and jurisdiction. Now the word of God says in John 1, 12, uh, to as many who receive him, to them he has given power, authority, privilege, benefit, jurisdiction. To as many have received him, he's given us a power of privilege to become sons of God. And this is available to all of those that believe. And so we know that a policeman would have a district He'd had a precinct, he'd have a department that he would be over, and he had an authority in that realm of influence. Y'all understand that? So it's the same thing in the church, that, uh, you know, the authority that we are uh, submitted to is the integrity of God's Word. That's the highest authority on the planet, is God's Word. And of course, under that umbrella of God's Word, is how he sets up his kingdom. So he has ministry gifts. We know the prophet, the, the pastor, the prophet, the evangelist, the apostle, the teacher. And so, and then there's the ministry gifts as people that intercede, there's administration gifts, as gifts of helps. And so we see how strategically that the Lord sets up things in his church, but it's all, also set up in our country. You know, we should respect the office of the president. You might not agree with him in everything he does, but that office is a place really to help us. And so every office that's set up, if it's not corrupt, is set up to help God's people or the people in the nation that we can live a, a peaceable life and we can live a prosperous life. So I'm talking today about uh, authority and your place and your position and your influence. And uh, so an authority has a dominion. An, an authority has a, uh, an ability to oversee something. And so this authority has the power to come against anything that was non-compliant to that department or to that realm any opposing parties, an adversary, criminals, or a renegade. Y'all know that's why we have police officers. Without police officers, it would be a mess. And I was reading something about Mayor de Blasio in, de Blasio in New York, and he's not pro-policeman. 
You know, he's not supporting his policemen in New York. So what happens, the renegades, the, the uh, criminals, those that want to do wrong, they just do what they want to do. And so he has no backup. And so anytime there's authority, uh, that authority is submitting to another authority. You understand that we talked about the centurion, those that in the class, we, we really taught on the centurion for five hours. It was really good. And so I hate to go over that whole thing because we only have an hour, but he was submitted to an authority. He understood authority. He knew if he broke rank with his superior, then below him would not work. It's a military man. So he understood that. And when Jesus saw he understood authority, and he understood that all the Lord needed to do was speak a word. He didn't have to go get emotional and go to his house and, you know, kind of relate to him and, you know, get emotional with him. No, just speak a word. Just give me a word. You don't have to rub my back. You don't have to sympathize with me. Just tell me. And he didn't know what Jesus was going to say. Had no idea. He just said, your servant is healed, basically. And he said, turn and go. And when he turned and went, when he went back, his servant was healed. And so authority is a great, great element in the church, in the Christian's life that you must understand. You have delegated authority. Authority defined is the right to command and enforce obedience. Now, this is not talking about our obedience. This is talking about a command and an enforcement to get the, the word of God in play and see the results of the word of God. So what, when we command and when we enforce things, like just like Jesus told that devil to came, come out, he put the word into action and everything had to be obedient to the word that he spoke. Now, first of all, we need to be obedient to the word or you're not going to move anything in the dark realm. And that's what this whole coronavirus is all about. It's just some demon from hell. You understand? Sickness is never of God. Uh, it is just not of God. Jesus died for it. He died for the coronavirus. He died for any ailment, any pain, anything you got in your body. He carried it on the cross so you don't have to carry it around with you. And so we are not even candidates for this thing. Do you understand? You have to see yourself like that. You're not even a candidate for that. And I'm going to tell you what, what you need to do is build your immune system. And the thing that really tears down the immune system is fear. It will just destroy your immune system. So, man, I've just been pumping. I've been pumping things in my body. I want my vessel whole. You need to eat right. You need to put the right thing in your body, and you need to take care of your immune system. It was given to us by God. All right? Come on, somebody. What gives a policeman the right to command a position or an office? What gives him that right? What does the badge, the uniform, or the title for his position, what does that represent? You know, I know this guy, and y'all gonna laugh when I say this, but uh, the sheriff gave him a badge, okay? And he shows people the badge. <laughs> you already know what I'm talking about. And uh, anyway, and so he thinks he's a deputy. So he goes out on the side of the road with his badge and his wallet and he does this and he got his hair dry with him. 
and he's pulling people over. Because <laughs> they think he's a policeman. Now that's funny, huh? But why do we stop when a policeman tells us to stop? Because he has a car, he has a uniform, he has a badge. That is exousia power. That is authority. We, we just see the policeman. So, you know, when you're going down the road and you're going too fast and you see the police car, you don't look. <laughs> if you don't look, you don't think he's going to see you. So, yeah, <laughs> y'all do that? But anyway, what, what's happening is we respect that authority. And you know what? They in a car. We don't even know them. And the car's painted a color and they got this uniform on, but we're scared of them because they have an authority. Y'all got that? I remember years ago, Joe was coming home. He, was, he took my brand new truck and he just overhauled it. He put the blue lights and the low ride and the whole thing. And he was coming through. Uh, this message is for you, David, a little plug for our policeman. And uh, so Joseph, Joseph, Joseph's coming through town and uh, he gets stopped by a policeman and it, it just looked like a drug truck. You know what I'm talking about? It's cool, but it just ain't looking right. Dark, dark windows and everything. And so in those days, the policeman would pull, was it behind you or in front of you, Joe? Behind you. Anyway, he told him to get out the car. Those days you would get out the car. And so Joe's standing in front of the police car with the light shining in his face and the lights, blue lights are going on, and Joseph is scared to death because he's, this first time he ever got stopped because we taught him what authority was. He knew what I was in his life, and he knew what policemen were, and so he respected them. So Joseph was actually standing, and then this big dude like David Jones comes up. He's got all his gear on, and you know, they talk really rough. And uh, so Joe, he is like scared to death. And so I think the guy let him go, whatever happened. And so Joe came, told me what happened. I said, Joe, were you scared? He said, Daddy, I was shaking. And so he respected that authority because that authority had a way to wield power against you and put you in your place when you're messing up. And we should honor that. And uh, so I always call that the blue light effect. <laughs> You know, when the blue light comes on, it's like, oh, the blue light. This is the short tuck. So, you know, you might get a, I got a belly button. I don't have a belly hole. I'm telling you up front right now. <coughs> what you laughing at? You ain't got one? Some got a three inches. Some got, I'm just kidding. But this policeman cannot act outside of his jurisdiction. You understand, David can't go do things in uh, Baton Rouge unless he was asked or he was put in that place. And so you, you, they can't work out of their influence or the place that they were put in. And so it's the same thing with us. We have a realm to live in. We have a realm to work in. And uh, my realm of authority is a little different than yours. We're all equal, but as a pastor, I have an authority that you don't have. And, but you have an authority about, against this enemy that we're talking about. I just have an authority as an office, as a pastor in the church. Y'all understand that? 
<clears throat> but we have to abide by God's word in our position because if we get out of it, we have no influence over the enemy, over darkness in any kind of way. And oftentimes that's why people can't get the darkness or get the, the breakthrough that they need because sometimes they're waiting for a pastor to do it or a guest minister to do it. And God has already delegated you the power to do that, but you're outside of your jurisdiction because you're living in an area you shouldn't be living in or you got your hands in something you shouldn't have your hands in. And so if a policeman starts beating up somebody, how many of y'all know he's living outside of his influence if the person didn't do anything, if he wasn't attacked, if it wasn't self-defense? Y'all with me? <clears throat> and so if we live according to the word of God, we have a power and authority. We can wield at the devil and at darkness and we can get the breakthroughs that we need. And you need to live in this authority and power in this time with this viral things going around because if you're in it, it cannot touch you. I'm going to say it again. It cannot touch you. Amen. The enemy has no legal right. Sickness has no legal right on you unless you open the door. I'm just going to talk to you like that this morning. The law with no power or backup allows a person to say no to the position of the office of the badge of the uniform. And so authority is this exousia. You got the badge, you got the car, you got the uniform. But how many of y'all know if you pass up that policeman, he got a radio. He can call backup. You understand? He also has a gun. And matter of fact, if we would just take it as far as it possibly could go, if he can't get it done in the city, he can call the parish. If he can't get it done in the parish, he can call the state. If he can't get it done by the state, he can call the federal government. If they can't get it done, they can call the military, the Air Force, the Marines, the Army. Call everybody. You understand there's a power behind the office of the president. If you don't do, uh, you know, what he declares, that there's a government set up. But it's the same way in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God. There's a system of government set up, and every believer has an authority and has a power. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. So those who oppose must know there is something more powerful behind the title, job, or classification. And so this is how it works. You know, Jesus rebuked this demon. Then he started talking. So Jesus had to pull his gun out. Just the authority. You see, I'm speaking in authority right now. I'm in the badge and the uniform and the office right now, speaking in, in authority. And I'm going to say some things today before the service is over, but then I'm going to have to let the power loose. Not that you're stubborn or not that you can't receive, but sometimes the power needs to back up the authority to get the job done because the enemy steals, kills, and destroys. But the more we know about our authority and the power that follows our authority, the less he will steal, the less he will kill, and the less he will destroy in your life. That's why the priest or the father in the house, he must take his position. He must know that he has been endowed with a power and an influence to take care of his family. But if he doesn't step in that place and use his authority, then the kids, they go chaotic. 
And then there's an anarchy in the house and a two-year-old starts to tell the mama what to do. And so you need to pull out some power. And your words are not working, so you pull the belt out. And you tell that two-year-old, you tell that five-year-old, I'm bigger than you. This is my house. You don't pay no rent. I buy you food. I buy you clothes. I send you to school. And you will never win in this house because I am the authority of this house. Y'all got that? As believers, we have the right to command and enforce the obedience of the word of God. We have a divine ability and a power in each of us. Now listen, I'm speaking this message by the Spirit. The Bible says surely God can do nothing unless, unless he reveals secrets to his servants, the prophets. Well, who are the prophets? Those that see, those that hear, those that understand what God has already prepared. So I'm just telling you something I know. I'm telling you something that works in my life and it will work for you. And if you have an ear to hear, you'll hear. If you have eyes to see or understand or your heart to understand, you'll receive this. And the next thing you know, you ain't going to put up with things in your life. And we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. You understand, this is not a fight amongst mere mortal humans. This, this is something mighty in God for pulling down things that are coming against us. The radical devil, the, the renegades of darkness that are coming against us and wanting us to submit to fear, wants us to submit to sicknesses in our body. And it's just not going to happen. Tell your neighbor, it's just not going to happen. Experiencing the God-given rights of your delegated authority. Have you ever heard the term, is that gun loaded? Your gun needs to be loaded. 24 7 365 every you need to be worded up see if you got the word in you you got the authority of God in you and the anointings always going to work with the word and the anointing is the power to back up what you speak in the beginning uh, you know that God made heavens and he made the earth and our things were not complete yet it needed to be finished and so all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, the wind of God was hovering upon the uh, darkness of the face of the deep. And all of a sudden, God said, let there be word. This word of light, this word of fire, this word of creation came out of his mouth. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit went, got, and fixed everything and formed and fashioned everything that the word spoke. It's the same way with us. We speak the word of God. The anointing and the power of God is going to work with us. Come on, somebody. Submission to the highest level of authority is the integrity of the Word of God. We're seated in Christ. You understand? We're, we're seated with Christ in a heavenly place. That's your place of operation. That's the place you should see from. That's the eagle's nest. You can see the whole picture in the Spirit if, you know, if the Lord reveals those type of things for you. Y'all getting this? Our right to choose Jesus has given us the necessary elements for every for our everyday walk in victory. We should have 100% victory 100% of the time. You know, this lady back here, she's sick, but you know what? Jesus ain't come back yet. We still believe in. And that's part of this fight that we in. No weapon formed against you will prosper. It doesn't say there won't be a weapon. 
formed against you. It says the weapon won't prosper. Amen. And so the weapon that's formed against this country right now, and even churches and people, is this virus. But the Bible says no weapon formed against us will prosper. And then it says every tongue that rises up in judgment against you, you will condemn, not the pastor, not Jesus, not the intercessors. You will condemn it. And what does that mean? Well, there's voices, there's media, there's people speaking, there's fear talking, not faith. And people are saying things and the Bible says any tongue that rises up against you, you will condemn it. What does that mean? You'll prove it wrong. That don't mean you're going to go sit down and debate with people and, you know, you throw something in the thing. I mean, it means that you will prove everything that's being spoken wrong by the grace of God because you're going to wield your authority and the power that Jesus has given you. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to some students in here. I just want to amen every now and then. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. What does that mean? That means you overcome him. That means he's under your feet. That means you subdue, subdue him. He doesn't subdue you. Yes. Oh, wait. <laughs> Delegated authority allows you to cash in on the counsel, the resources, the benefits and the privileges that we have in Christ. Taking the limits off of God will require walking in authority and power in your everyday decisions. It's always our choice. You know, all of us are all the time are looking to, for God to do something. He's done it. He gave his son. His son just destroyed the works of the enemy. The Bible says for this reason he came. He was manifested in the flesh to destroy the works of the enemy. And there's people running around trying to destroy the enemy. Some people are trying to throw him in hell. Jesus said, don't do that. That's my job. I get to do that at the very end. You can't even do that. You don't have the, you're not in the dispensation to do that. But he is destroyed. He's, he's limp. He's in a wheelchair. He's taped. He can't, get, he can't even get out. All he has is lips. And this is how you know when the devil's lying, as soon as his lips move. And so he can attack and afflict our bodies. He can tempt us in sin. And he can throw these fiery darts, you know, these lies. So that's his trickery. That's his, uh, his um, what's the word? That's his strategies, his schemes, his little behind the curtain things. And so he deceives us. And when you deceive, you don't know it. But if you're in the light, Deception's darkness. If you stay in the light, stay worded up, you'll just see it. And I see it all the time. I see people struggling. I just see, the, I just see strings on them. The devil's just playing with them. Just playing with them. Just playing, you know, fooling with their mind games. You know, putting, you know, holding them to their traditions, holding them to their past, holding, you know, they got, you know, the devil loves for you to have a form of godliness with no power. He loves that. If he can't take Jesus from you, he's going to have you going through this religious motion. You come to church because you got to come to church. You raise your hand because everybody else is raising your hand. And he loves to get a person in that place. You can love Jesus and no power. And so I am talking you 
to you today that you would begin to pop, you begin to tap into the power that's ready to work through you and for you. <clears throat> Amen from Alabama right there. <clears throat> His word was with authority. This exousia of authority is power, is force, is privilege, is capacity, is competency, is freedom, is taking control of, is strength, is jurisdiction. You know, when Jesus said, go through the whole, he said, I've given, I have all authority. I give it to you. Go to the world. Go make disciples in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the things that you have observed, teach to others. And he says, look, I'll be with you. So he's put the word in us, and he's also with us. You see, Jesus went about doing good and healing all of those that were oppressed by the devil. Why? Because Emmanuel was with him. But he was the living word, and the power of the Father lived on the inside of him, and he was so aligned in spirit, mind, will, and emotions, in focus, and subconscious, in his body. He was totally aligned with the word of God. So the enemy had no place in him. No place in. Nobody could kill him. He had to lay down his life. I want to. I want that same man. You can't kill me. I'll just have to lay down my life one day. I, I just. I just got that. I'm. A, I like that. Ain't no disease gonna kill me. Ain't no sickness gonna kill me. If I do die, I'm gonna die healthy. <laughs> Give me an amen. Jesus gives us the privilege, the force, the superhuman capacity, the competency to see and experience the Word of God manifested in our life. Authority is influence. Just authority equals influence. That man in that uniform has authority, so he has influence. You break the law, he can influence you. <laughs> And I have an influence here, but I mean, I don't carry a gun. I love people, but I have an influence here. I can teach you some things that I know because God has put me in this office. Y'all understand it, but you have to submit to the authority. You see, the law works for us. It's good for us. But if you come against it or step outside of the rules and the regulations and the process, then you will be, you'll feel some repercussions. So it's the same way with the Lord. You step out of his will, will there's repercussions. Listen, you, you can quote scripture all you want, but if you're outside of the will of God in an area of your life, when you say in the name of Jesus, the devil says, nope. He understands authority. You under, he can smell. I don't know how he does it, but he knows when we're under authority. You know, there was, some, there was some people wanting to cast some demons out, the sons of Sceva. And uh, they, they watched Paul do it. I guess they saw Jesus do it. And so they decided we're going to have this little exorcism. And so they started trying to get the demon out. Next thing you know, this demon rips off all their clothes and they're running down the road naked. <laughs> and the devil told them this, I know Paul. And who was the other guy? Jesus. I know Paul and Jesus, but who are you? You know, and he knows. I'm telling you, you know, a predator smells fear in its prey. 
And a big cat will never waste his time chasing something that's not scared of him. He's not going to chase something that won't run from him. And so when you think you got authority, the devil knows whether you do or not. You better know you have that authority. And that authority is in his word. What his word says, you need to believe it. This is faith. Just trust what God says. Quit complicating faith. Just trust what God says. Whatever he says, just trust it. He says, I'm your healer. Trust him. He's your healer. You don't need five courses in how to get healed. <laughs> you understand? That's how we started getting people healed in this church. They didn't know any better. We tell them something. I'm going to lay hands on you. They're going to get healed. You're going to be healed. They said, okay. Boom, they get healed. Nowadays, people know too much. And doctors are good, but you know what? When you've you got an incurable disease, you better go to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Authority is influence. A believer is someone who believes and trusts in the integrity of God's word. Very simple. A believer believes in the integrity of God's word. An ability to reach, influence, and transform your realm of activity in life. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to work in your realm. If it's a mama, if it's a daddy, he wants you to have that influence in your realm. If it's a boss, if it's a minister, he wants you to work in that realm with his word that you can see the best of him in your life. Absolute agreement with God is total agreement with his word. Well, I love God. What do you love his word? I love God. You know, people love God, but they don't even know God. People, you, you understand it. Until you get in the Word and begin to see God's description on a marriage, you don't know how to do marriage. Until you get in the Word and get the description on how to raise your children, you don't know how to raise your children. Even there's a place in the Bible that talks about a slave. You know, if you got a tyrant of a boss, you need to get in the Word and learn how to live under that man in a Christian way without cussing him, complaining every day of your life. That everything has a description. Listen, everything in the, every promise in the Bible is good. And then there's warnings in the Bible of what not to do. And so if you're not, that's why we have in this, uh, this school, because I'm trying to get people hungry in the Word of God, getting in the Bible, study to show yourself approved, not to go to heaven, but that you could not be ashamed in your life, that you don't continue failing in an area of your life and the devil uses it against you. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What that means is we've been deprived of God's best in some of our life. Who's been deprived of God's best in your life for wrong decisions? Well, we don't want to keep doing wrong living in a dark area. But if you don't get in the light of that area, you never get out of the darkness. So you're depriving you. You're depriving your children. You, you, you just, I don't want to deprive anybody here. That's why I'm talking about authority and God's power in your life. So you won't be deprived anything. Let me say it like this because I told the students this. The Bible says the Lord is the spirit, right? He's spirit. And the Bible says where the Spirit is, where the Lord is, where the Spirit is, there's freedom. Don't we love that? Oh, we love that. And so I told the students 
Freedom is just not being happy in the service. Freedom is not, you know, the praise and worship hits high so I'm free and you walk out the door and then you're down again, oppressed again. No, freedom is when you know you, your authority and you know the power that backs up the authority because I don't know about you, but I like to have the last so, say so about everything. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not talking about a realm of being prideful or even being a pastor, but when it comes to living, I got the last say so about everything. I don't care what they say you can catch. I got the last say-so about that. I don't care how the economy goes. I have the last say-so about that. That is true liberty. That is the ultimate place of liberty that you have the last say-so about anything that comes against you. And you know what? That weapon formed against you, it can inflict some things. It can make you uncomfortable, but the inside is still saying, you know what, it ain't gonna stay like this. And you don't lose your peace, you don't lose your joy, because you have the last say-so about everything. Nothing's dictating your life. Nothing's telling you in life, this is the way it is. I had the last say-so about my past. I put it to pass at last. I had the last say-so about that. You understand? It's all in our, I'm telling you, we have got a kingdom to live in. And he's just given it to us. He's given us all authority and all power. You believe for that husband. You believe for that waiver. Don't you give up. Don't you get all soft and sissified and sentimental. You stand up like a soldier and you pray and you press in. You don't press in, you don't wield your authority and see the power of God, nothing will change. I want fighters in this church. I've, I've watched people in this church fight for their, I watch ladies fight for their families. Just fight. They just took what they had. And then they begged somebody to give them something else. What, what to do, what to do? And then so they were taught something else. And then they just kept believing for their family things turn around. Things don't have to stay the same. They don't have to stay the same. Listen. You know why it's just a few in here? Because we ain't casual. <laughs> this is soldiers. We don't put up with the wrong thinking, the wrong living, or the wrong teaching. And that really messes people up. They feel like they're always corrected. Well, when I was in school, I didn't know what to teach in you, so I was always corrected. And so chastening is good. It's painful at the time. But in the end, it'll give you some joy. My kids are still telling me, man, we didn't understand back then when our, we were little, but they got kids now. Luke 10, 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. See, they were agents of the Lord then. They were using the Lord's name. That's what we do. That's authority. They were using the Lord's name, and they were seeing results of it. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. 
Who has all authority and power? Jesus. The Word, the living Word. Look at it as the living Word is all authority and all power. He said, Behold, I give you the authority, exousia, to trample, tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power. Now, I don't know if you ever knew this, but that power is also dunamis. So the devil has some stuff. But this scripture tells me our stuff, authority, our power overrides anything that he has. You know, the, the guy, the, the demoniac in the graveyard, nobody could chain him down. He'd break the chains. He had supernatural power. He'd cut himself. He didn't even feel it. And so the enemy has some power. But this scripture right here tells me that our authority and our dunamis power that has been given to us has all power over him, over the enemy. And listen to this. This is how... This is the place I want this church to be. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. I believe it with all of my heart. Are there weapons formed against us? Yep. But they're not going to continue. They're not going to prosper. Who wants to nothing by any means hurt me? Yes. How many of y'all been in Christ a while in the beginning of your walk in Christ? I mean, somebody look at you wrong. You got hurt. <laughs> and we're growing up. And so it gets to a point, not, not that you don't hurt, but you understand you ain't hurting on the inside. You're believing for God. You're believing for every privilege, every benefit that the cross gave you. And it goes on to say, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I started thinking about that. So the devil lost all of his power when he fell because a power greater than him threw him out. And now we're the agents of Christ. We ain't secret agents. <laughs> You understand, delegated authority will train and equip somebody to do what they do. An insurance agent, he's only been trained by the top authority to do what they do. And we're agents of Christ. Come on, somebody. So everything backs us up. We got backup. All of heaven backs us up. Forget about the military and the army and the air force and the navy. We have all of heaven backing the word of God that we believe up in our lives. That's why I can faithfully and boldly say nothing by any means will hurt me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. John kind of got this little attitude thing sometimes. That's how I feel, man. Ain't nothing coming against me. Uh-uh. All my kids, all my church in the name of Jesus. Yeah, I said my church. I know you are God's. I know you the sheep of the Lord. I know that. I'm just an overseer, but I just take a little possession on this. 
Nobody, nobody, nobody. We will continue to meet. Dunamis power. It's a power that belongs to us. It's miracle working power. It's a, it's a power that reproduces itself. It's a power that cannot be exhausted. We get the word dunamis from dynamite. We got any dynamite in here? <laughs> Exusia power is the badge. Dunamis power is the loaded gun. The force demands compliance. We demand compliance to the word of God. No devil. No, you will not have my son soul. No, that sickness cannot stay in the name of Jesus. You will comply to the word of God. We are a force to be reckoned with. The force be with you. <laughs> Our mission is not just a position. We have the power to command and enforce the word of God against all opposition. We are not only on a mission, we not only have an assignment and a position and a realm and an influence to work in, but we also have a force with us that will come against us. When we, when we speak, it will come against darkness and it must flee. Let, let, me, let me give you this re little revelation. You know, the Bible says if we submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee. You know what most people do? They are constantly resisting the devil. <laughs> Why don't we just totally submit to God? It almost automatically happens. You know, just, just put all your energy, your effort, your know-how, just in submitting to God. You win. You win. One punch. Boom. That, that's the way I used to like to fight. I mean, just one punch. I mean, who wants to get beat up? You hit me, I hit you. Who wants that? I mean, like he turned his head, walk away. I'm about to pop him. I mean, come on. You need to throw the first punch. Get out of fear, man. He didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power. There it is, dunamis authority, power. If you're not, you, and I'm telling you, you can't just think you got this. You have to know you have it. You have, I mean, when you go to pray for somebody, don't just hope for the best. We had a little get together here in school. Miss Carolyn got healed. And, you know, I asked her, I said, were you surprised when you got healed? She said, no, I knew I was going to get healed. Matter of fact, she got healed before she went through the whole thing I asked her to do because she expected. We shouldn't be surprised that things change when we begin to speak the word of God. And we know by faith the anointing is going to just back us up. This is good stuff right here. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake. So many people just get so emotionally shook up like God left. He's not going to leave. And I talk a lot about emotions because the devil will just steer your life in the way he wants it to go if you just constantly get frail and emotional in bad times. You need to learn. You need to practice standing. I'm a very emotional person. I'm very emotional. 
You talk about the cross, I'm going to cry. I just can't help. I just can't, I just going to cry. My emotions are for God. They're not for the devil to play with and people to play with. They're for God. And of course, you know, we go through things. We need to be comforted. But he's a God that comforts us in the time of trouble. He's, he got your back, got your front, got your side, got everything. Got your head, got your feet, got your money, got your calling. He's, 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 he has us in his heart. God has all authority and power and exerts it through the church. The church is the model. And let me just talk about this a few minutes because I talked to the students about it. You got to understand where your giftings, where your call needs to work, needs to work here. And sometimes a person that has a gift, a calling, and it's powerful. It's, you know, I mean, gifts and callings on people's life, it's just, it's tremendous. Sometimes it goes to people's heads. That's why we have the church. So you use it here. So you use it right. It's to profit the church, not you. And if you don't use your gift and your calling in the church and you become a renegade and you think you're going to do it outside the church, then you get very toxic and you hurt people. And then you turn on the church that raise you up. And then, you know, God's going to deal with that type of thing. So the church is the model. Whatever you're called to do, you just start practicing it right here. And Pastor Kevin might come up to you and say, you know what, you got a gift on your life, but you might ought to do this. Very gentle. Or Pastor Cole or Pastor Clayton. It's the way you practice everything. You know, some people in this church, you might struggle with relationships. But don't stay away. Because it's not going to get fixed. This is where you learn how to do relationships. Right here. Don't keep running. You need to learn how to do relationships. And if you don't learn it in the church, you become toxic. Because you're trying to learn it from the world. And now you can't even help yourself. Am I making sense? Yes. I'm not going to ask who struggles with relationship. And it has a lot to do with submission. Relationships have a lot to do with how you submit. And if you're walking in authority and power, you have patience. Because you know you win. And so it doesn't matter when you win, you know you win. In other words, if you're walking in authority and power and you believe in for a spouse or something, you're not beating them up. You just know you that's what Susan did. Listen, my wife is a fighter. She's five foot two, and maybe in the natural you could do that. She's like burnt toast, so to speak. That's what we call her. But she's a fighter. So it has nothing to do with your personality or how big you are. It's what's going on on the inside of your spirit. What, what spirit are you working in? And if you get impatient and, you know, you tried this authority and you're waiting on God and it doesn't happen, well, the next thing you do, you become a control freak. You take it in your hand. Now you're controlling everybody and it's all a mess. And everybody knows you're a mess. Back up. Come back to the original blueprint. Submit yourself to a few areas. Let some people be looking into your life. It all worked good when you were there. I learned that, man. I got in church. I let people look at me. And then I got something. You know, I got a little knowledge. I got started getting a little cocky. 
Next thing you know, I know more than the pastor. Next thing you know, I'm no, I know more than everybody. I'm better than everybody. I'm going to do my own thing. But I had some men of God said, hey, come here. We love you, but you, you, you're running way ahead of what God wants to do in your life. So they really helped me. See, I learned in church. I wasn't ever toxic. Amen. Amen. Anybody knows anybody toxic? You know what I'm talking about. Delegate to commit or to entrust power in another as a well-trained agent. Come on, somebody. Divine authority operates efficiently when you know the integrity of God's word and who you are in Christ. This is what you use against the thief. Your power and position and who you know and who you are. It's your power that's been... In a benefit of yours, a privilege of yours, the authority that has been given to you. It's all about who you know and who you're seated with and who you are in him. This is a personal thing. Really, nobody can give you this. You've, you've got a... It's a good time for us to find out who we are in this chaotic thing that's going on right now. I'm telling you... Uh, Brother Charlie was telling me he had to work in Canada and he wanted to come to Bible school. It was just getting very difficult. Well, the virus prevented him from going to Canada because if he walked to the plant, they're going to quarantine him. So he's like, you know what? We're going to work from here. So this is what's going to happen with that virus. It's going to work for us. We ain't working for it. <clears throat> There's people in Bible school could not make the time to come. But now... Mm, <laughs> and listen, we, we have to change our lives. And boy, do Americans hate that, huh? You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to get around, but some of you are going to have your children at home more than you usually have. And if you complain about that, somebody needs to slap you. Because it'll be a good time that you can train them up yes. in the way of the Lord. And maybe your life just needs to stop a little bit and slow down a little bit. I'm thinking this is not going to be bad for the economy. All these people that are shutting down, you know what they're doing? And we need to do the same. They're getting ready. The ones that survived this, they're, they're, they're overhauling everything. They, they're shutting it down because they want to overhaul their business. They're shutting it down because they know there's some areas in their business that they need to get right. And they never had the time to do it. Maybe always running on a string, always running wide open. But now they got some time and the wise people are going to get ready for when this thing turns around. And that's why we have in this Bible school and that's why I'm talking to you the way I'm talking to you. Because when this turn around, we're going to be high. And in the meantime, we're going to get people saved. And in the meantime, people may have the virus. You're going to lay hands on them. They're going to get healed. Yeah. I got one clap about that. Yeah. We were made for such a time as this. Yeah. Taking the limits off of God. You know, when Jesus cast the devil out of this man, everybody was amazed. They saw his authority. They said, what a word this is. Next thing you know, the religious people, they want to throw him off a cliff. And he was on the cliff. They're about to throw him off and he just 
That's how we are. When people think we're about to go down, hang them. <laughs> it's his way. That's powerful. I got to go a little more. Stop in the name of the law. How can a policeman say that? Because he's a policeman. <laughs> How can you command, enforce the word of God? Because you're a believer. And the policeman sees a vital need. Something needs to happen. That's why he stops. That's why he enforces you know, the law, because he sees something needs to be secure. And we need to operate in the same type of authority. Authority always has a very clear, distinct, decisive answer and direction. I don't get moved by too many things anymore. I don't think it's just old age, but I just don't get moved. I just don't get moved. If I die, I die. <laughs> I'm not, but if, you know what I mean? I'm just not going to be moved by anything. And people start talking all that fear. So I'm going to just love you, brother, but let's trust Jesus. Let me pray for you, dude. That's the wrong spirit. You need to get, you need to trust the Lord. You can't fix this. You know, people that are in fear, they try to start fixing everything. You get in fear, you ain't touching me. You ain't talking, I mean, you ain't going to steal nothing in my life. I don't want to hear it. I'm going to lay hands on you and get that demon out of you. Jesus' name. He cried with a loud voice, let us alone. Jesus knew who he was, and he knew what the Father said. Listen to this. John 12, 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority. But the Father who sent me gave me a command. But the Father who sent me gave me a command. What I should say and what I should speak. And I know that he commanded, commands everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Authority, he had an authoritative prescription on something. Jesus would just walk by the Spirit. And all of a sudden, the Father's Spirit would give him this authoritative prescription or description of how it's supposed to be. This is what the Word of God does. It gives you a description. It gives you a prescription for the problem. And he would only speak the Word that he heard. That's why I go back to say this, that the Lord can do nothing unless he reveals the secrets through his servants. That they would have an ear to hear, an eye to see, a heart to understand what God has prepared. See, you don't have to go conjure something up or manufacture something. You just need to find out what's already prepared. What's the prescription? What's the description? How are we to view this? How are we to answer this? And it all comes from the Word of God. Somebody say that's good. good. I'm getting close. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
God would never give you a badge without a gun. Behind the preaching and authority comes the anointing. Behind the words you speak in authority that's in your heart and you believe, the anointing will follow that. This type of overcoming power only works by walking in the Spirit. The key to nothing by any means to harm you, don't short-circuit heaven's ability by walking in the flesh. The key for nothing by any means harm you is don't walk in the flesh, but walk in the Spirit. Isn't that good? I taught on Ezekiel before I left, and uh, the Bible says that the Lord hand was on Ezekiel. His hand was on the Ezekiel. And I can say, probably everybody in here, you feel the hand on your life. You know the Lord has done some things for you, possibly through you too. Uh, you know you've tasted of his goodness, so the hand of the Lord has been upon you. But then Ezekiel said, the Spirit took me out. That's not where everybody goes. Everybody loves the hand of the Lord on them, but they don't want the Spirit to take them out. Took him out to a valley. Took him out to a place where there was nothing but dry, divided, dead bones. There was no life. This is where our authority works the best, when it's looking dead, divided, dry, famine. You know, things are shutting down in Cambodia. And I told Danielle and Jeremy, I said, you find every scripture, every promise God has about living in a famine. That's what's going to pull them through. It's not going to be the economy. It's going to be what they do in a famine. And you know what I told them to do? Start giving. Just, just start giving. Just start sowing. Preach more. Teach more. Sow more. Give more. Pray more. Just start sowing. <laughs> We got time. I'm telling you, God is going to watch what we do with these days. God's going to watch what we do with the next couple of months. And most of you guys are just diving in head over heels. Like I'm getting prepared. What needs to happen when this thing is going to pass? Y'all know it's going to pass. It's going to pass. Is that we're going to be so bright so on fire we're not going to be lagging behind we're going to be running forward that people are going to just why did that happen <laughs> you know what we did the other day I asked Carolyn to put some earbuds in her ears and because she just got healed she was happy so I said y'all get us some good bumping music and so she put the music on her phone and she put the earbuds in her ear. And I said, go over here and just do what you got to do. And so we just kind of shut the whole school down for a few minutes and we just watched her. She was just lost in herself. I mean, she was, I mean, it was like interesting. <laughs> to say the least. And the whole purpose was she heard something we didn't hear. She was reacting to something we did not hear. And it was like. <laughs> and nobody could hear it. There's going to be people in this church, you're going to start hearing things. 
that other people ain't hearing. And all of a sudden, your life is just going to look a little crazy to people. You know, you were in fear at one time, but you're hearing something you ain't never heard before. <laughs> and you're going to be happy when everybody's thinking, why are you happy? Because you're hearing something you never heard before. <laughs> Do you have an ear to hear what the Spirit is seeing? I, listen, God gave us an ear to hear. So if we get to heaven and we missed it in a lot of places, that means he gave us something to use we're not using. That ear to hear is a privilege and a benefit for you to be successful in life and to please the Lord according to the one working on the inside of you. God wants to use everybody in this room. He wants your... In Job 36, the Lord says he wants to open our ears so we will incline to his instruction that we can come out of our iniquity. That's where we fall short. That's where we're missing it. That's where, where God is not pleased. And then he said, if you obey what you hear and you turn from that iniquity and serve me, this is how you serve the Lord. And if you're not doing this, you're not serving the Lord. You serve his word. Anybody cleaning the church? Not about being a door greeter. You serve his word. If you're not serving his word, you're not serving him. Now, serving his word, everything else comes out of that. Our conduct, our love for one another, our positions and places in church. But we serve the word. It's like, it's like the centurion. Just speak the word and I'll serve it. Just speak the word and I'll believe it. And man, as soon as he spoke the word, and he didn't need a paragraph, just speak the word. Because he said, I understand authority. I say to one, go, and he goes. I say to one, come, and he comes. I say, I say to one, don't do this. He doesn't do it. But he's got a servant that can't go, can't come, and can't do. And he needed him healed. And we need to all be restored and healed. So we can do, come, and go according to the word of God to please our Father who is in heaven. Did anybody get anything out of this? We will continue, we will continue this uh, Wednesday night, and I prayerfully I just added to Brother Clayton's message. Get a little wave on confirmation on that. Amen. Amen. Rest of you are lying. Come on. <laughs> When you violate the word of God, you handle the word deceitfully. When you know to do right and you don't do it, you're deceiving yourself. And you're handling the word of God deceitfully. You know what God's telling you to do. You know it in your heart, what you need to do. But you say you can't. Well, I understand that, but he's got, he's got some power to help you. When you violate the word of God, and you know to do right, but you don't do it, you violate the word of God, you violate God. 
You're violating a principle. You're living outside the blueprint. There's always a repercussion. You violate the word of God. There's always a repercussion. Thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy. <laughs> the Pharisees saw Jesus cast the devil out of a man. And they said, you're doing it by a demon. They knew who he was. Because Nicodemus went by night and said, we know. He was speaking for all the Pharisees. We know you're sent from God. They knew who he was and they knew what he did was by the Father. But yet they denied it. They violated the word of God. And I'm telling you, if you're here today, God's speaking to your heart. If you're violating the word of God in a place in your life, maybe you're passive. Maybe you're lukewarm. Maybe you're living in an area you shouldn't be living in. The Lord's speaking to you. And don't be scared because when the Lord speaks to you, it's conviction to help you. And so if that's you this morning, there's a, you're in an area of your life. It could be in your thinking. It could be in your behavior. It could be a relationship that you're in. I'm telling you, get free this morning. Get free this morning. Get out of it. Get away from it this morning. If that's you, just pop up right now. If that's you, just, just come up here right now. Y'all move this. We're going to pray. Just come. And you know what? We're all growing up, so we all falling short in some areas, and we're being deprived of God's best. So come on, let the Lord help you. Let the Lord help you. If you know that you're violating a place in the Lord, just lift your hands up and just repent. That's what you do. You repent. That I'm telling you, repentance does so much. Come on, just, just let the mercy of God, the grace of God, Come on, it's time to grow up. It's time to let go of some things. And that doesn't mean you're a bad person if you're up here. It means you want to grow. It means that you were taught something today, you heard something today, and you want to grow past this thing. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I acted like a child. I spoke like a child, but he said, but when I became a man, things changed when he became a man. So it's time to grow up. Time to grow up. Pastor Ramona, why don't you come up here and pray for a lady? Pastor Jean, why don't you come up and pray for a lady? Sue, come up, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you got to go, you got to go. If you stay, just stretch out your hand because things are going on right now. Lives are changing for the glory of God. Mick, can you get up here, you think? you help us? Thank you, Lord Jesus. It doesn't need to be a long prayer. Just be in agreement with them. Whatever they're struggling with, it can go in the name of Jesus. It can go, 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 it can go. Hallelujah. Laney, would you come pray, please? Help us. Thank you, Lord. Right here, this will be good. Come on, just repent. Just turn it all over to the Lord. Give it all to the Lord. Pastor Kevin, can you come when you get a chance? 
transformation. You're not going to be stuck in this place. One day I just saw the Holy Ghost like a, a record truck back up and hook on to you. He's about to help you out of everything you couldn't help yourself out of. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Get ready for great, great transformation. This is a new day for you. This is a new day for you. So this is just what you need. This is just, he's putting you back where you need to be. In a mindset of Christ is everything. Jesus Christ is everything. The living word is everything. Thank you, Lord. Build a hunger and a thirst in his heart. I told the church not long ago, Jesus started his ministry in hunger and he finished it in thirst. That's what you need. A new hunger and a new thirst glorious things of God. This ain't about you. It ain't, your, your life is no longer about you. You know, if you worry about your own life, you don't forsake it. You give your life to Jesus. That's how it all started. That's when the glorious times were. It just wasn't about you. It wasn't about what you had, what you didn't have, what you needed, what you didn't need. It was all about Jesus. So here it comes. New day in the Lord. New day in the Lord. New day in the Lord. How you doing, ma'am? Do I know you? I did. Oh, damn it. Love. 